Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of Save It For The Show. This is episode 102. This is Dan Fields. Thank you for listening. And a bit of a different show this week, another solo show. Eddie had to cancel last minute. It's a busy work week for him. Where Eddie works, they do a lot of advertising for the California State Fair, which starts this week and is pretty amazing. I'll be going to that. And I was thinking it'd be funny to try to interview some people there, maybe. Nah, who am I kidding? I won't do that. I'll be there with my family. And I don't mix business and politics. When I'm doing things with my family, I try not to involve this goofy show. And my guest canceled last minute. So it's just me, alone, another solo show. And I'm traveling the rest of the week. So I said to myself, you know what, self, maybe I don't do a show this week. And then I said, fuck you, self, you're doing one. You're going to sit down in your goddamn chair and you're going to yak out a show. Meanwhile, it's late and I was packing and getting ready to to leave. I just got in a fight with my wife because I'm leaving. And it's just, you know, the way my wife and I work best is the more we're together, the happier we are. And anytime I go out of town, we seem to bicker about it and then I come back and you know because she's saddled with the kids for a few days solo I think that also sucks for her too I don't blame her for losing her partner in crime she just loves me so much she's got so much love for her man Dan that she she takes it out on me when I leave I don't know look I think a lot of couples probably enjoy being apart from each other but for whatever reason we do best when we're together so we got in a fight and now I'm sitting here doing a show, and I need to be funny and interesting. And I'll do my best for you guys, and I hopefully won't be wasting your time. So anyways, so here I am. It's just me, and let me cue in some Eddie laughter. There we go. One more here. Oh God! All right, Eddie, you're here in spirit. And it was a good weekend last weekend. It was the 4th of July, and man, that 4th of July falling on a Friday really made things killer didn't it you know thursday around noon i think the world stopped working is the world cup is making everyone feel like oh i can dig around a little bit and watch world cup at work so everyone's feeling a little loosey-goosey you go to lunch on thursday you probably have a beer or two and you just coast most people got off early i think and then thursday night you get after it it's like fourth of july eve or the 3rd of July, but 4th of July Eve has a better ring to it. And then, of course, on the 4th of July, because it fell on a Friday, on a weekday, I don't know, to me it felt a little more naughty than usual to know that I had the day off when normally I would be working, and it felt great. Everything felt a little more magical, swimming in the pool, drinking a beer, doing a shot of Fireball, of course. I'll talk more about Fireball later in the show. I have a funny idea about them. But it just felt good. It fell on a Friday, had a great time. Then, of course, you had Saturday to recoup or continue partying and drinking. And then, boom, you had another Sunday. So by the time Monday rolled around, I don't think I got one email or one phone call on Monday. It was the quietest, most dead Monday after like New Year's Eve or something. I think everybody was still in a in an alcohol and hot dog induced coma. 
Ooh, you know what I made for 4th of July? Fruit pizza. And if you've never had a fruit pizza, it's fantastic. It's like a huge sugar cookie. You roll out a sugar cookie, and then you put this whipped cream, cool, um, not whipped cream, a cool whip, cream cheese, sugar acts as what the sauce would be. And then you put fruit on it, kiwi, strawberry, blueberries, and then I guess the cheese would be this sort of orange sugar glaze. Oh, man, it's so good. I would eat a slice of it right now. So I've made that. It was an incredible 4th of July. And, of course, a couple funny things happened. So where I live, I've talked about my neighbors before, and I've since become cool with them. They're good people. But at first I thought they were kind of weird, and I think they thought at once I was trying to get in their house because they saw me on the side of their yard. I don't remember why I was over there. But they, they came home and I was on the side of their house and they gave me a weird look. But anyhow, we've since become good friends. What's odd about our relationship is the people's house that I live in, when they moved out, they moved out because the couple got divorced and they short sold the house. So they left quickly under terrible terms and they were really good friends with the neighbors. So the dad that used to live here, he comes over to my neighbor's house and hangs out a lot, a couple times a month. And they sit outside, they drink beer, they smoke cigars. And I've gone over there a couple times and, you know, kind of said hi and, oh yeah, you know, now I'm living in your house. And it was never awkward and it never felt weird. We just didn't really talk much. But on the 4th of July, he was wrecked. I mean, just destroyed. I I went over there to say hi, and we had like our fireworks out front and a table. And I said, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's join forces here. Let's Voltron this party. Bring your fireworks over. Bring your stuff over. Let's hang. And I rolled up there, and he had a look. You know that like drunk look in someone's eyes? His eyes were just shit-faced and he said to me something like yo hey man yo let's do a shot and i said okay cool i yeah let's do it i I hadn't been drinking very much i thought great let's just kick this up a notch and i want to be cool hey listen i don't know this guy very well he offers me a shot i'll do it he's all do you like fireball i said fuck yeah dog i love fireball let's do it And he gave me a shot glass out of this adorable little ceramic red Solo cup, you know, that looked like a a full-size one, but as a shot, did a shot, went over to my house, and then proceeded to, to have fun. And we're hanging out, we're drinking, and he says to me, all of a sudden, we're out in front of my house, which was his house. Now, this was his house for years. And not only was it his house for years, this was the house he had children in. This was the house he made love to his wife in. Just this house has a lot of baggage. And then ultimately, it was the house that his marriage fell apart in, and he broke up. So, I mean, this house is like a haunted house for him. And, and granted, I've lived here for three years, so it's not that fresh. But whatever it was, he's never really come over. And being out in front of my house, my garage open, him seeing it all just, I think, sort of reawakened something in him. And he's all, hey, you know, you want to hear something interesting about this garage? And I thought to myself, oh, this, this, okay, yeah, I I definitely want to hear something interesting. Maybe there's a secret compartment or maybe something that I've been doing in here 
he can explain to me a better way of doing it. He's all, you, you, you want to know something interesting about this garage is, uh, it used to be mine. And I said, whoa, yeah, you're, you're right. It, it definitely did. And, you know, we, we, we love living here now. It's, it's a great house. And he, then he kind of like swaggered away. And I thought to myself, oh shit. You know, he's, he's now getting so intoxicated that he's just letting it all fly out. A car drove by fast and he like kind of ran down the driveway, like slow down motherfucker. Like just, you know, all the wheels are coming off now in front of everybody. And again, he comes up and he's just like, man, this used to be my house. And and I said, you know, I I totally get that. It, it must be kind of kind of weird. I, I understand, you know, like let's let's move on. And it just he just wouldn't let it go. And it was just so incredibly awkward. Like I half expected him to want to go in and say, let me let me see what you've done with the place. And what was I supposed to do? Of course, I would have said no. Fuck no. You're not coming in my house, bro. And later that night, so. So we're hanging out, we're blowing off fireworks, and my kids are eight and six. And my six-year-old in particular has a penchant for destruction and fire. You know, we go camping and he wants to put everything in the fire. And so these fireworks to him were blowing his mind, just blowing his mind. Like his favorite part was lighting them. He didn't care about watching them. He didn't even care about looking at them or hearing them pop or anything. All he wanted to do was touch the flame to the wick and watch it burn. And if I could have just bought him a pack of 20 wicks, that, that would have been his ideal scenario. He couldn't light them fast enough. And look, of course, I'd had you know a couple beers. It certainly wasn't uh, my neighbor status uh, of being intoxicated. And so I was a little loose with like, all right, buddy, you know, I'm watching you. Let's let's do it. And these are sparklers and, and uh, fountains. For anyone that doesn't live in California, besides being a super drought and just dry as a fucking bone, there were fires everywhere all day, it seemed, from people lighting shit on fire. The fireworks here suck. You know, they, they are literally just fountains. You put them on the ground, you light them, and sparks shoot up. You can't buy bottle rockets. You can't buy black cats. You can't buy M80s. Everything is illegal here in California. Not only that, these piece of shit fountains are so expensive. We got a tiny box, like a 11 by 17 box of fireworks was 60 bucks and came with, I don't know, 10 fountains or something. That's a ridiculous amount of money to pay for a little gunpowder and paper with some horseshit Photoshop of a wolf or a dragon on it spewing out fire. So it's not cool here in California. It's all bullshit. So he didn't care about any of that. He just wanted to light these wicks and just love it and, and enjoyed it. So it was fun to see that in his face. It made my wife really nervous because I put him on such a long leash. And, and granted, when I was a kid, I loved fireworks so much, I would drive to Pahrump, which is, I don't know, an hour and a half or something away from Las Vegas with my one friend and his dad. And now this is the friend who, who he had the hustler. You know, this is my buddy who I went to his house and saw just a, a dick and like vagina lips. That was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. And you know, hustler, it's like the freeze frame of porno. I'd never seen uh, a dick in a vagina until that. So this was the cool dad. 
you know, this was the first place I, I'd had a drink. And this is, of course, the dad that took us to buy illegal fireworks. And we would drive to Pahrump and we would go to this Indian reservation or are you allowed to say Indian reservation or is it a Native American reservation? Whatever. So an Indian reservation and buy fireworks because you can gamble there. You can buy fireworks there. I wonder if they, you could have prostitution on an Indian reservation. That would be a pretty G move of them to figure out because I know it would probably be very profitable. And why not sell weed too? If you're allowed to do all these other things above the wall, why can't you do all these other things? I don't know. That's for Google that. So we, we go to these Indian reservations and I don't remember how much money I would bring, maybe 50 bucks, but I feel like I would bring back a haul. You just, so many bottle rockets, buzz bombs, tons of black cats, and my friends and I would go home and we would create these um, pipes that we would use to shoot bottle rockets at each other and black cats. And I was into you know shooting these things and blowing things up. My kids aren't really there, so I've had a lot of experience with fireworks. In fact, I shouldn't have done this. This was bad of me. I took a piccolo Pete or a whistling Pete or whatever it's called in your neck of the woods. It's just a stick that screams. And when I was a kid, you would take a vice grip or a hammer. You could bang it down in the middle. And once it got to that banged part, it would explode. And so I said to the kids, all the neighborhood kids, I was like, okay, okay, check this out. And I took it, I squeezed it down. And I said, this thing's going to blow up. This motherfucker is going to blow up, kids. Didn't say fucker, but that would have been cool. Put it out there, lit it. And when it got to the part when it normally should have exploded, it didn't do shit. Didn't do anything. It just went and fizzled out. So I think they've made these fireworks even more PC and even more safe and sane because it didn't do a damn thing. So I'm really used to fireworks. I'm not scared of them. I'm not afraid to be burned by them. But I think my wife is. So she didn't appreciate that I was uh, letting, letting Grant light these fireworks off. But he had such a good time. I don't know. I feel like I remember these years and, you know, when my parents would let me do fun stuff like that. So here's my attempt to be a fun dad, you know, hashtag fun dad and do fun things with my kids. So I, I hope they enjoyed it. But Grant is such a little shit when it was all over. And we said like, Hey, did you have fun? He's all, no, no, I didn't have fun. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I'm dealing with over here with this, with this youngster. And maybe because he's such a turd, that's why my new baby, my little baby girl, is so sweet. Oh, she's just she's just making up for all that the horse shit that I gotta deal with with my second. Love you, Grant. When you when you're an old man and you listen back to this, I loved you the I loved you the most. No, I love I love them all equally and dearly. All right. Moving on. So needless to say, it was a great fourth. And like I said, that fireball was a lot of fun. Even my father-in-law. And for the guys that work with my father-in-law, Don, you can give him a hard time about the fireball because I could never get him to drink anything hard. You know, he never drinks vodka or rum. It's very rare. But I said, you got to try this fireball shit because it's smooth and it tastes really good. And between all of us uh, in in a couple hours, I mean, we crushed a bottle of that stuff because there were five or six of us doing shots. And he definitely enjoyed it. So I was thinking, you know, jokingly how I wanted Fireball to to sponsor the show. And I said to myself, fuck it. I'm going to pretend that I have sponsors when I don't. So Squarespace is real. They're a sponsor of the show. They give me a million dollars per episode, of course. Fireball's not. 
So here's a fake sponsor for Fireball. So Fireball, here's I want to tell you why I think Fireball is great. You may say to yourself, hey man, I'm a Jaeger guy. I like Jaeger. No, you don't. Jaeger is awful. And it's because it tastes like black licorice. Black licorice is garbage. I mean, you're a kid. If any of your friends eat good and plenties, they're satanic. When you when you're in an office and Carol from accounting brings down the big tub of licorice, it's never black licorice. When you go to the movies, you get red vines. There's no such thing as a black vine. Black licorice is some horseshit thing that the frontier pharmacists sold to people because it tasted like ass and you thought it was fixing you up. My mom likes black licorice. She's the only person I'll give a pass. And on Christmas, because she's the hardest woman to buy gifts for, I'll get her a big old honky bag of some garbage black licorice candy and she loves it. But it is gross as Jaeger. However, I will say I do like a Jaeger bomb, which is Jaeger and Red Bull, but that that's a whole different story. So you drink your Fireball, it's a social shot, it's fantastic, and you know they're they're a proud sponsor of the show. No, they're not. I'm just kidding, but uh, it, it's definitely a fun drink to try. So if a lot of people drink it, tweet at Fireball. Hey, tried it because of Sift Show. You are great, and so are they. So, so there's that. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up too is thank you to the Canadian and Australian listeners of the show. I never really knew that we had any because in iTunes, where we get reviews, where I can see them, I can only see reviews from the U.S. So on one of these podcasting forums that I belong to, maybe it was Reddit, I don't know, they talk, people were sharing this program that lets you see all your reviews in other countries. And we have a bunch of reviews from Canada and Australia, so... Uh, Top of the morning. No, wait. What's uh, Australia's? Oh, shrimp on the bobby, mate. And Canada is just a boot and something like that. A lot of podcasts from Canada. I don't know why. I, I would like to, to understand why it seems so many Canadian podcasts. So shout out to you guys. Shout out to homie Dave. Uh, you know who you are. You're a great friend of the show. So couple more things I'll talk about real quick. This will definitely be a short episode this week because I'm a little unprepared when when my guest bailed. But I wanted to talk about Robin Thicke. So everybody knows who Robin Thicke is. Handsome, son of Alan Thicke, blurred lines, you know, that, that song you couldn't get away from last year. And he had a wife the whole time. So I always thought it was weird that there was this guy who was singing these songs about just fucking, you know, these weren't really love songs. These were fucking songs and that's fine. And that's great. And there's a place for these on popular radio, but it always seemed odd to me that a guy is building a career on being kind of a sex symbol and making songs where you're singing. If he was, you know, singing songs about being a vegetarian, it turns out he's a huge mediator. You'd say to yourself, all right, well, he's a He's a good actor. He's, he's quite a showman because all he's talking about is eating vegetables when clearly he's chowing down on ribs every night. And he was apparently happily married to a beautiful woman named Paula. And throughout all this, I just thought that was odd. You know, you take uh, John Legend or who else is sort of like a, a crooner. Well, you know, let's John Legend. John Legend's married to Chrissy Teigen 
and he sings these love songs, and I imagine when he sings them, he's thinking about her. And that's not just because one of his songs is clearly about her, it just seems like that's part of his deal. And I never thought about Robin Thicke as, you know, none of his songs were about his wife. There's a point to this story. And so then you take somebody like Sam Smith. You know, if you haven't heard a Sam Smith song, you probably have if you listen to the radio at all. He's amazing. He's from uh, Great Britain, I think, or something. And he's gay. And so he sings these songs, and he's talking about love and one-night stands. And it made me think to myself, is he singing to a man? And does that matter? You know, when, uh, who else is a popular gay singer? Um, Elton Sean, I don't know. Or anyone who's gay who sings, do you imagine them singing to someone in particular? When Jay-Z is rapping, do you think he's rapping about Beyonce? What if Jay-Z made a song about fucking bitches? I mean, would that be offensive to Beyonce? And when Beyonce sings a song about, you know, fucking somebody in a limo, do you just assume that it's Jay-Z? So I was thinking about all this, and and then when, so Robin Thicke ends up getting a divorce. So he he writes all these garbage songs that are that are very you know much about you know getting banged in the club, and then he gets a divorce. And of course, I thought it was because he cheated on this woman because that would just make the most sense. But apparently not. They just had irreconcilable differences. So they get divorced. Well, now this guy comes out with a whole new album situated at her. The, the album's called Paula. The songs are like, Get You Back. And it's like, okay, bro, now all of a sudden your songs I'm supposed to take as uh, genuine? Now all of a sudden, when you when you say like, I love you and I want you, I'm supposed to think that you're being genuine to your wife? What about last summer when you're talking about blurred lines and, oh, I don't know uh, what I'm going to do with you? I mean... You can't have it both ways. And talk about this poor woman. I mean, that would be like, if I got, listen, I felt kind of weird saying that I got in a fight with my wife on the beginning of this show. I feel like that's kind of an invasion of her privacy. This guy is just airing all of his dirty laundry out there. What kind of position is she put in? Does she look like a bitch if she doesn't, you know, go back to him or at least open the conversation or try. I mean, he really put her in a terrible, terrible position. If I get in a fight with Nicole, I try to send her a nice text or buy her a flower. That's not enough. I don't make an album about her and hope for the best. So that just struck me as very odd that that he would do something like that. So, hey, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens if the the two of them get back together. Um, But I kind of doubt they will. I mean, if I was her, I think I'd be pretty upset about the whole thing. Something else I wanted to talk about that has been my wife's been chatting with me a lot about lately is breastfeeding in public. Now, if you don't have kids, you probably don't even think about this. And if you're a single guy who saw a woman in public breastfeeding a, a kid, you would look at it and you would look away because you want to give her her privacy and it's fine you know it's not sexualized it's completely benign but apparently it's a big deal to a lot of people apparently there are people out there that are offended by this by a woman breastfeeding and now of course you can cover the baby well guess what it's the summertime it's 110 goddamn degrees you wouldn't want to eat your lunch outside under a sheet it's hot And if a tiny bit of boob shows, and if the baby pops off, and you see a bit of a pregnant woman's huge brown nipple, 
what's the deal? Who cares? When you turn around and you go home and watch you porn and watch some guy choke a girl or you watch a Victoria's Secret, it's just it just blew my mind when she told me that there's people complaining. In fact, here in Roseville, a couple months ago, a woman was at a dentist office, at a dentist's office, okay? Not at a Wiggles concert or a library. She was in a private business in a back room, no less, because she felt so much shame she couldn't even feed the baby in the waiting room. So they put her in a back room, and even that wasn't enough for this goddamn dentist. Even that, one of the hygienists walked by and asked her to leave. Asked her, a customer, to leave because he was so, or she, was so grossed out. And this is another woman. This is like a woman-on-woman crime. You have breasts too, you dumbass. And if you had kids too, you breastfed. So how are you going to shame another woman for doing like the most natural, healthy thing she could possibly do to her baby? I mean, this is almost as insane as all this Hobby Lobby business going on. And it blew my mind that this was an actual, real, honest-to-goodness thing. Well, the funniest thing about this story, too, is it it got some traction. So the woman complained, and a local news outlet picked it up, and they reached out to the dentist. And at first, the dentist was like, you know what? We stand by our decision. Fuck breastfeeding and fuck this woman. And not realizing, like, hello, social media, huge groundswell. All these women in in Rosa were talking about it. Nicole was going to go there with a bunch of her girlfriends and do a nurse-in. Like a sit-in, but with boobies. And they were all going to go there in the lobby and out in front of the building, just tits out, nursing. As like a hell no, we won't go. And once they kind of caught wind that that was going to happen, all of a sudden, the business, you know, apologized, said we're sorry, you know, we'll educate our our staff on breastfeeding. And this is a dentist office where they know how important you know, oral hygiene is and, and what like bottles and stuff can do to teeth. It is, it's one of those stories that just doesn't even seem true when you hear about it. So look, if your wife is going to breastfeed, please encourage her to do it anywhere and not in a bathroom, not in some disgusting shit filled piss smelling bathroom. The bathroom is for that. You don't eat. I'll tell you what, if you think a woman should breastfeed in the bathroom, why don't you go ahead Go through a drive-thru, and you eat that sitting on the toilet. And how fun do you think that'll be? And guess what? Let's say you have two kids. So you're going to have to drag another kid into the stall, into that gross bathroom stall, and feed your baby. I mean, do you see how insane this is? So, uh, listen, I'm not trying to sound like some hippie advocate for breastfeeding, but don't be a weirdo. And don't be a fucking pervert. If you're a guy that sees a woman breastfeeding, just look away. I mean, don't you going to stare at her boobie and be so sexualized by it? You're going to whip your dick out and, and start jerking off? Of course you're not. You're, you're not an animal. And no one else is. And no one's really going to be that offended by it. So enough already, please. All right. All these... <laughs> anybody listening to this show is like, all right, great. Thanks. You either agree with me or you could fucking care less about breastfeeding. Well, one day when you have kids, maybe you'll you'll be a little more open to it, too. All right, well, let's wrap this up. So I got a couple, I I got two funny questions this week that I wanted to share. Not really questions. These are all comments. So somebody keeps sending in the word pussy, like every day, just single word pussy to the show. So thanks for that. I was hoping to kind of get a resurgence of 
the Rootster Ghoul action where we would get mean comments to the show because I always thought those were hilarious. We didn't get a mean comment to me. We did get this about uh, Jay Wonder from last week. So here, here, listen to this. This Jay Wonder guy is super lame and thinks he is funny and important. Make him stop. And I said, okay, great. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for taking the time. And then almost immediately, I got this super nice one from, from Justin from OKC, who says, I want to congratulate you on your 100th episode and all the continued success and growth that has come with it. The podcast has genuinely grown more entertaining, funnier, and so enjoyable in the time I've been listening. Not that it was not good before. By the way, I must say your last podcast with Ghetto Genius nearly made me crash my car with laughter. I was teared up and could barely control my car. All right. This is a bit of a milestone for me. I'm clearly influenced by Howard Stern. You know, you know, I love the guy. I love Adam Krola. I love radio. And the thought, I've been in my car before laughing so hard that I had to stop listening for fear of crashing my car. The fact that I almost made someone do that could make me cry. You know, I know I saved someone's life when she got shot in the back. That ain't shit compared to me almost taking a man's life by making him laugh so hard. And could you mad the police report? What were you doing? Were you texting? Is that why you ran into that uh, group of school children on the corner? No, officer. I was listening to a podcast by some guy from California and another dude talking about shitting his pants. And now those children's lives are gone because of the show. You know, maybe I take it back. Maybe I, I shouldn't be trying to make people laugh in the car. No, I'm standing by it. God damn it. I'm excited about it. I appreciate the email, Justin. And of course, I like having Jay Wonder on too because he's a great guy. And if you, if you, a couple of people did write in to say that the shitting story uh, turned them off on the episode. Well, go back, listen, because after the shitting story, I think we hit some funny things and, and had a good time. So, all right, well, that's it. Short show, little dinger, just Dan on the mic. I appreciate you listening, everybody. I do have a lot of fun guests lined up here for the next few weeks. Of course, Eddie and I will continue doing our shows. We'll continue having fun and and all that good stuff. So share the show, review the show. You know, I, I hate harping on that, but it does make a difference. And above all, I appreciate you listening. And that's it. So episode 102 of Save It For The Show This is Dan Fields. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week.